Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode. Really quickly, I just wanted to let you know this episode was recorded using Zoom. Um, and so I was speaking into a microphone, but my guest was on her phone. So the audio does sound different, but it is completely understandable. Um, I listened to it out loud and through headphones, so you guys should be able to hear it. But I just wanted y'all to know it's not any issue with your phone or your computer or however you listen to this. Um, there was just a difference in the equipment that we used to record, but it's still good, still a great conversation, and I'm so excited for y'all to hear it. So I will let you get to that. Thank you for listening. Bye. All right. Thank you guys for coming back to listen to another episode. I'm here with a super special guest who I haven't seen in so long. Um, (laughs) my 10th grade English teacher, Jen Haas McLaughlin. Hi. Yes. <laughs> Hi. I'm going to try really hard not to call you Miss Haas because that's still <laughs> how I... That's okay. Well, that's why I actually um, kept Haas as my middle name is because mm-hmm. I taught for so many years with that as my last name. So. Oh, okay, cool. So you like completely changed it, like no hyphenate or anything? No, Haas is my middle name. Yeah. Okay, got it. Cool. So a lot of stuff has been going on. Um, uh-huh. You're teaching in a different county now, right? Uh, yeah, I'm in Spotsylvania County now. Okay. Do you miss Prince William County? Uh, I miss you kids. I don't <laughs> miss the county itself. <laughs> okay. I can understand that. So you're happier now in Spotsylvania? I am. My commute is much better. Um, and um, the program that I'm with is, more in line with where my skills fit because I'm working with the Commonwealth Governor's School Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm working with the high-level gifted kids um, so like I taught you in Mm pre-AT right yeah so um, and so it's more that level of kids exclusively Um, and I've learned that while I do really well with any level of students where I excel is making sure that the gifted kids get what they need. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So I think it was a couple weeks ago, the governor closed schools for the rest of the school year indefinitely. And he just pretty much closed the state until June. Um, Right. So how have you been handling that? I'm not going to lie. Not well. Um, I, um, so when things first started closing down, we were actually heading into spring break. Mm -hmm. Spotsylvania does the pre-Labor Day opening. So our spring break was that first week of quarantine. Mm -hmm. And so that first week was okay because I didn't need to worry about trying to get work out to my kids or anything like that. Um, but it was weird thinking that after that, I wasn't going to go back to school right um at least for a couple of weeks and then it was right towards the end of my spring break that um they said they were going to close schools for the rest of the school year and I just had this absolute like holy shit moment I'm like what am I going to do for my kids like I teach 10th 11th and 12th grade like 
my poor kids, my, mm-hmm. my 12th graders aren't going to get prom. My, they're not going to get graduation. Um, yeah. it, my 12th graders have this huge thing that they have to do in order to get the governor's school seat sealed um, mm-hmm. called culminating. They don't get to present all of the hard work that they've put in for two years. Jeez. Um, yeah, they're supposed to present that at Mary Washington. Well, Mary Washington had already closed everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've just, I've been really sad and I was stuck for about a week where I literally couldn't get anything done because I just didn't know how to move forward with my life. Yeah. I, when I was, um, when I heard that the schools closed and universities, a lot of them closed too, I'm like, it would suck to be a senior or a person who's graduating from anything right now because all that work you put in and then some schools canceled them outright. A lot of them pushed them back to who knows when. And that would just really put a damper on, on prom, on like senior skip day, all of that stuff. That's right. And like kids who, you know, because I, this is my 13th year teaching. So that's an experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And kids who would use that fourth quarter to really get their grades where their final grades, where they wanted them to be, they don't have that anymore. Right. Because most school systems are saying no graded work for the fourth quarter. Like you can do review work with your kids and make sure that they don't lose out on everything you've taught them in the first three quarters, but you cannot assign them new work and you cannot grade any work that they do turn in and you can't force them to do any of the work that you assign. So they're kind of like not in school at all. Right. Right. Basically, I'm giving kids work. If you're bored and you're academically motivated and you want to do work for my class, great. Right. Um, My kids that are taking their AP exams, I'm doing AP review with them. Um, Oh, they're still going to do the AP exams. They are. They have, um, the college board has said they're going to do um, a 45-minute free response question for every... um, Wow subject matter and that's it um and it's going to be online which is radical for the college board because they don't do online yeah and that's completely different I remember when I was in school the AP exams were a really big deal and it was basically like an all-day thing so especially at Hilton because you guys um Prince William paid for your AP exam yeah you took an AP class you took the AP exam Mm -hmm. that is terrifying so what are they going to do next year because in the fourth quarter if they're not really having any grades is everyone just going to get passed to the next grade are they doing SOLs they um they haven't officially said no SOLs but I know that I think it's Friday this Friday um Mm -hmm. they're going to announce what's going to happen with all of that the Department of Education is doing a whole plan I think the state of Virginia has applied for testing waivers, basically saying if kids haven't taken an SOL this year, it's they're not going to have to. Wow. That'll yeah. be interesting to see how this affects the next several years of kids in school because they missed out on a very big chunk of it. And who knows when this will be over. I mean, hopefully everything, school will start normally in August. um, I hope so. The problem is that what I'm understanding scientifically is that when it gets colder again, 
we could see a resurgence of the virus coming back. Jeez. Because the same thing happened with the Spanish flu. Like the, mm. the flu virus does not like hot temperatures. So it goes dormant in the hot weather. Mm-hmm. And then once it gets cold again, it comes back. And if they don't have a cure vaccine, then we'll be doing this again. Right. Jeez. Well, that. Luckily, the entire world is on the same page, so. (laughs) Right. Sickness seems to bond all of the countries, which is interesting. Um, Right. Well, I hope you're surrounded by, like, love and people who really support you. I know you can't really be surrounded by anyone. We're all (laughs) supposed to be standing away from each other, but I hope that you're, you know, in contact with people who support you because I know. Yeah, I'm super lucky. Like my, I I have my wife, I have my two cats. So that's good. Um, And my parents are luckily super tech savvy. So we have a, um, a Zoom happy hour every week. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah, but I will be honest, I'm a giant child. I miss my mom. <laughs> <sighs> uh, do they live nearby or are they far? They're in Stafford and I'm okay. in Fredericksburg, so okay. not too far away. Mm-hmm. But y'all are still going to keep the distance. My parents are over 60. I have to. Right. Uh, this is all very difficult. My mom's here, so I don't really yeah. miss her. But I love her, and I'm glad we're here together. <laughs> um, right. Okay, so transitioning from that, did you always know you wanted to be a teacher, or did you want to be something else growing up? Funny story. Um, <laughs> when I when I got your questions, I was like, oh, okay, we're going to go there. Cool. <laughs> um, I actually went to college originally to be a pediatric oncologist or an ER doctor. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big transition right um I was like for years and years I was I'm gonna be a doctor I'm gonna be a doctor what kind of doctor changed um mm-hmm. depending on what I was interested in at the time but yeah no um I was pre-med to start with and then I took chemistry 101 and I said uh no <laughs> I'm not doing that <laughs> um and so yeah I um chemistry 101 nearly failed it I uh, only passed it because I had an amazing study group mm-hmm. um, who helped me with like the lab write-ups and studying for tests and stuff like that um, and so I got my grades for my first semester and then I was like uh we're not spending <laughs> this kind of money for you to make grades like that right like, no I'm sorry <laughs> um, and so we started like looking what am I good at you know um and I'd always been really good at English like yeah good at English and I always thought well I yeah I'm good at it and I enjoy those classes but that's not a career you can't make a career out of being an English major mm-hmm. um but my mom was like it doesn't matter if you can make a career if it's something you're passionate that's what you should get your degree in your mom is so nice. Wow. Right? <laughs> um, and so I actually, for a short, very short period of time, I was a creative writing major. Because mm-hmm. um, I was at Randolph-Macon Women's College in Lynchburg. Yeah. And they, did, and they had a creative writing major, and I loved writing. And I took a creative writing class, and I was like, oh, my God, I love this. Um, but then I transferred to Mary Washington here in Fredericksburg. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a creative writing major. 
And I was like, well, the next best thing is a lit major. So I'll do that. Um, and then um, I was looking around for what could I do with a lit major. And there was a poster somewhere on campus for the um, education introductory seminar. Like you had to go to this interest meeting in order mm -hmm. to join the education program. And I was like, well, I really always enjoyed playing teacher growing up. Like yeah. I would force my poor brothers to play <laughs> teacher with me. Mm -hmm. um, and so I went to the seminar and I was like, okay, well, I'll give Education 101 a try. Because you didn't have to like officially sign up for the program until you finished Education 101. Okay. <clears throat> and, um, and I stepped inside because they made sure from the get-go that you were inside a classroom. Um, and so I had my first practicum where I was in the classroom and I was kind of like a teacher's aide almost. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love from oh. the moment I stepped inside a classroom. I was like, oh, okay, this is what I was put on earth to do. Okay, this is what I need to do with my life. Mm -hmm. And since then, I have been committed to education. That's awesome. It's interesting to hear how different people fall into their purpose because right. not everybody knows from jump, but it's awesome to know. So this is definitely what you want to do forever. This is your oh, yeah. your thing. That's awesome. Oh yeah. I, I will technically be qualified as far as like retirement benefits to retire at 60. And I look at my mom who's in her 60s and I go, if I have that much energy, I'm not <laughs> retiring at 60. Right. I will be so bored outside of the classroom. Exactly, yeah. That is cool. And you were a very good teacher when I had you a oh, hundred years ago, it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like, but at yeah. the same time, it feels like it was yesterday. Like I look at you and I still see the 10th grader. Oh, let's not even think about <laughs> what that looked like. <laughs> um, so I feel like teachers in the U.S. get very little appreciation um, I think it's kind of starting to change, but as far as being a job that people really want to have, um, being a job that parents want their kids to have, and just being a position in life that I think people really uphold and appreciate, teachers don't really have that standing here, and I don't know why. I was blessed with a lot of really good teachers who were invested in me and cared about me. Um, but why do you think in the U.S. we don't really uh, value teachers the way that we should? Um, I honestly think that go, looking back, hmm, so that's a really complicated <laughs> question. Right. Um, I, I think it has to do with who we hired as teachers from the beginning of our education system. Mm. Um, and because it was a it was a woman's job and it was a woman's job until she got married and then once she was married she wasn't allowed to teach oh um, yeah if you look that. back yeah even the early 1900s um it was in the rules for teaching that once you got married you weren't allowed to teach but you also weren't supposed to date while you were teaching so i don't That's know how that works right um, and so because those were the kinds of people we turned to to be teachers, mm -hmm. I think because of the gender bias that is systemic 
to this day. Yes. Um, we see it as a woman's profession and we see it a profession of last hope. Like women who taught were the women who needed to make income to help their families back home until they got married and could be supported by a man. Mm. Um, and so it became that position of last hope. Um, and so if you can't get a job somewhere else, you get a job teaching whatever subject matter it is you're an expert in. Um, but we still don't see teachers as expert matter, uh, um, experts in their subject matter. Um, and I think that's, that's why I don't, and I don't think that a lot of people in the United States take time to think about what goes into teaching and the pedagogy and the training and the constant professional development. Um, right. And it's not helped by the fact that teachers aren't paid what they deserve to be paid. I mean, let's be honest about it. At all. Um, not even a right. little bit. As a 23 year old fresh out of college, my first year teaching, I was making $40,000 a year. Um, and I counted that as a blessing to be making that much because Prince William paid really well yeah. compared to other counties. Um, but then when the recession hit in 2008, they froze our salary. And some people, like my best friend teaches in Stafford and she right now, because her salary was frozen in 2008 and stayed frozen for, I think at least five years. Um, there are new first year teachers that come in that make more than she does. That's ridiculous. Right. So and I think she's in her thirties, right? What? She's in her thirties, right? She's the same age. We graduated from college. We actually met in the education program at Mary Washington. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, she's the same age as me, 36. Wow. And yeah. So, and she went and got her master's, so she's making more money than she would be if she didn't have her master's. Um, but the fact that in order to see an increase in income that's significant, you have to go spend more money to get another degree, I think it's ridiculous. Right. And uh, public school, like being a public school teacher, doesn't really pay enough to get a master's while you're, yeah. yeah. And they do, most counties offer tuition reimbursement. But the problem is, first you have to pay for the course. Right. Then you have to submit that you got an A or a B in the course, and then they'll re reimburse you for the course. And there's a limit. Like most systems won't pay more than $750 a year. And we all know. One class costs more than that. Right, exactly. Ugh, <laughs> oh, that's so stupid. So do you think that will ever change? Are you hopeful about the future being different? I'm hoping so. I, I'm hoping that one of the positive benefits <laughs> of this um, pandemic is that with parents having to fulfill the role of teacher, mm. they'll understand that we're more than glor glorified babysitters. Right. Um, so I hope um, the problem honestly comes into the legislation. And so until the politicians' minds are changed, the money situation is not going to change, and therefore the prestige of the, uh, of the profession isn't going to change. Right. If, if we don't start paying teachers more, which means more funds have to be released to, like, from the federal government even, 
it's not because people aren't going to want to do it's hard it's really hard work and people aren't going to want to do it for next to nothing unless they're like me and they just can't imagine doing anything else yeah and i do think that's the trouble with it i mean i was i was a criminal justice major in college so i wasn't really part like involved with the college of education um other than i was a mentor in college and so i spent a two years of college i was a mentor which was the best thing that i ever did and that program was based in the college of education and the teachers in that program you know they had taught everything and then eventually they moved to university and it's amazing to see how much they care about the kids they were really helpful with teaching us how to talk to eighth graders because it seems easy for like <laughs> getting them. Oh, eighth grade's such an awkward age. Yeah, they and they definitely don't want to open up and talk about anything that makes no. them seem different or wrong no. or weird. <laughs> so, no, heaven forbid. It's being a teacher is the most special job. It's like being a psychologist and being an instructor and a therapist and everything all combined. You're not lying. (laughs) You're not lying. Um, Okay. So how did your experiences with teachers growing up um, influence the way that you run your classroom now? Um, Well, I was like you. I was very lucky and I had a lot of really amazing teachers and they Mm -hmm. made me want to do that once I became a teacher I was like oh those are the teachers I'm going to imitate yeah um but I also had a couple of really terrible teachers mm-hmm. um and they were my I will never do that I will I will go to my grave swearing up down and sideways that I did not do that to any of my kids yeah um particularly like in fifth grade fifth grade keep in mind right um I and that's the thing you never forget your teachers if they're like no you you don't. No, you absolutely don't. Um, but yeah, I had this teacher in fifth grade, um, and she was she had a reputation for being a really terrible teacher. So I was not looking forward to having her as a teacher. But my parents were really good parents, and they said, you know, that's just rumor. You don't know if that's true. Like you need to give her the benefit of the doubt. Mm. So I tried. And I was a goody two-shoes, work as hard as I possibly could, please the teacher kind of student. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll never forget, there was this one project, and I worked my butt off on the project. But it was kind of messy, because I'm not known for being a neat person. <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw my theater room when you were at Hilton. I didn't. And when you left, theater was over. I know. but. Okay, that's a whole other thing that I'm not even getting into because <laughs> there would be names named and I'm not comfortable doing that. Right. Um, but there, there was a whole thing that, that happened with that and there was a reason why I quit the theater program. Wow. Um, and then they decided for funding reasons to not reinstitute that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you'd ever seen my theater room, you would have <laughs> such a mess. <laughs> I mean, it was always, always a mess. Um, so I've never been a neat person. And in fifth grade, I mean, come on, how right. many are fifth graders? None of them um, are. And so I turned in the best product that I could for this project. Well, other kids had their parents help them. 
And my yeah. parents were hands off with that kind. They would not help. If it was a project for school, it was all on you. Mm-hmm. And she gave me a C. And she blamed most of it on the lack of neatness. But you did it yourself. Right. And so my parents actually ended up going to the principal. And my parents were not go to the principal kind of parents. Mm-hmm. Like they were a, the teachers, the adult in the situation is right kind of parents. Um, and now as an adult, I totally appreciate that. Um, as a kid, I hated it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and the principal finally forced her to reevaluate my grade. And, and I felt my self-confidence took a serious blow um, because the elements, the educational elements were there in the project. Mm-hmm. And so I, I always said that, you know, unless it was a project, like it would have to, like neatness might be part of it, but it would never be so much that it would kill a kid's grade like that. Yeah. And so, especially when you tried so hard and all the, right parts were there right so yeah she was definitely my example of what not to do um and I had other teachers who did little things that I I swore I would never do like I had a teacher who told me um (laughs) a ninth grade teacher who told me I was going to hell um because I didn't believe in Jesus she was allowed to tell you that or he they she Um, and I never said anything to anybody because that's the thing. That's what kids don't realize. Like teachers can get away with stuff like that if nobody reports them. Right. Because it's not like there's a microphone that's there to catch everything a teacher says or does. Mm -hmm. And so I never, never said anything. So yeah, she got away with it. That is terrible. I had a teacher in eighth grade who would (laughs) yell at us like during the moment of silence she would pray, which is fine, but she would call it prayer. And if we were talking, she would be like, don't talk during prayer. And we're like, um, oh. I don't think you're allowed to call it that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And stuff like that is why um, one of the biggest things that I was known for in my education program was to be a harper on the separation of church and state in school. Mm-hmm. Um, because as a as a Jew in the education system in an overwhelmingly Christian country, yes, I was told point blank multiple times that my opinion didn't matter because nobody else believed the way I did. Um, by students, wow. by teachers, yeah, by administration, um, yeah. So I, yeah, that's why when like when I see holiday decorations go up in schools as long as they're secular and they're like christmas trees and stuff like that whatever yeah put a manger up in the school i'm gonna have a problem yeah that's now as an adult i'm gonna be the first one to tell you i have a problem Mm -hmm. well i mean hopefully schools are a little more neutral i feel like they're (laughs) (laughs) okay well that's good um so what are the most rewarding and most challenging parts of being a teacher? Um, so the most rewarding um, aspect of teaching is when you make that connection with the kids. Um, mm-hmm. When after they graduate, they still actually want to be your friend on Instagram, Snapchat, yeah. Facebook, whatever. Um, and I am on all three of those, as well <laughs> as TikTok. 
and Twitter. Like, <laughs> wow. Um, I'm so resistant yeah. to TikTok, but everybody's new like videos are tempting me. I don't post on TikTok, but I certainly watch the videos because they're mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So when a kid still wants to be, you know, part of my life after they leave the school building, mm-hmm. um, and they still want to let me know what's going on, that is amazing because that's one of my goals is to connect with my kids. Right. Um, like, did you know? I, I don't. I don't remember if you guys are the same year or no or not. But do you know Jenna Vaccaro? I don't think so. No, that name doesn't ring a bell. Okay. So I taught her in pre-AP nine, like my second year of teaching, I think. Mm-hmm. And we still talk every week. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And she was a flower girl, quote unquote, flower girl at my wedding. Cause she was like wow. 21. <laughs> <laughs> flower woman. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's the most rewarding mm-hmm. aspect. Um, and then any, anytime I can get a kid who's a reluctant reader to enjoy reading, that makes me feel really good. Yeah, that would make me feel good too. That's awesome. Um, most challenging part, um, honestly, has everything to do with the bureaucracy. Um, one of the reasons I left Hilton, well, left Prince William was because I was tired of the bureaucracy. I couldn't, it was so heavy. I didn't feel like I could do my job. Yeah. Um, so I actually left teaching for a year. Um, and I worked as a uh, director of education for Huntington Learning Center here in Fredericksburg. Okay, um, cool. And I hated it. I hated <laughs> it of it. Um, and then I went back to teaching and I'm taught in a much smaller school system. And the bureaucracy wasn't as much and I had a bigger voice mm-hmm. in that. And that was so much better. Um, and now I'm back. Not the system I'm at. Spotsylvania County is not quite as big as Prince William, but it's still big. Um, but because I'm part of the gifted program, it's a smaller voice that tells me what to do. So I have more of my own voice in it. That's good. Well, hopefully it just continues to get better. Do you always want to stay around this area? Um, I think so. Um, my wife's family is in Richmond, so if we could move a little closer to Richmond, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love Fredericksburg. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So I'm sure you're a very well-read person. <laughs> so can you give us um, some book recommendations, as many as you would like? Oh, okay. Uh, uh, so uh, all-time favorite Two all-time favorite books mm-hmm. of, I mean, just, I could read them over and over and over again. Their Eyes Were Watching God. Oh, I love page. that book. Really? Hmm. Yeah. So it's funny because I just taught Great Gatsby to my junior, I think it was my junior, mm-hmm. and they loved it, but they called Gatsby out on his shit. Like, they were like, he's not great. He's a terrible human being. And wow. I was like, you know, you're right, but I still love the book because the wordplay is so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe I should read thing- Because in <laughs> high school, I didn't love it. I didn't like reading stuff that teachers made me read. I wanted to read whatever I wanted to read. 
I think I actually did read all the books for your class because you picked good ones. But in 11th grade, 12th grade, I was not reading anything. I don't know how I got through those classes. <laughs> well, you find ways, trust me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, but both Great Gatsby and Their Eyes Were Watching God, the artistry with language is what really drew me. Um, but then in Their Eyes Were Watching God, it, it's that um, finding of self. Mm-hmm. That really, I love so much. Yeah. Um, and then for more contemporary books, um, I just, well, years ago, I read this book, but it sticks in my head and it's a book that I like, I really want to go back and reread, Alias Hook. I forget who the author is, um, but it's the story of Peter Pan, but from Hook's perspective. Oh, Yeah. that's interesting. It is fascinating, and um, and the idea is that Peter Pan actually lures these women into Neverland because he basically uses them for magic, but then Hook like falls in love with one of the quote-unquote Wendy's that comes in okay. and tries to save her because Pan basically murders her for her power. Like, it's such an interesting take on the Peter Pan fantasy. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Um, favorite nonfiction? So I'm not a huge nonfiction reader. <laughs> <laughs> My wife is the nonfiction reader. So mm-hmm. and so when she laughs out loud, because she's not a laugh out loud person, so when she mm-hmm. laughs out loud reading a book, I know it's a book I need to check out. So there's actually um, an author that I like, and I read a lot of her stuff. Is uh, her name is Mary Roach. And she writes nonfiction. Um, the book of hers that I've read and really enjoyed was Stiff. And it's the history of how the world has used corpses. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Hmm. It is. So she talks about how, she talks about like the history of grave robbery for scientific experiments. Um, she talks about preserving the dead. Um, hmm. She talks about the corpse farms that a lot of scientists have now to see how decomposition works in different environments that Um, is so weird i mean not the book but like that idea and that's what she talks about she talks about like the cultural the sociological aspect of it so what does that tell us about the society and how they use their dead um and then um she also wrote a book called Packing for Mars, and it's about how astronauts get ready to go up in space. And oh. it's, it's things you would never think about. Like, they have to train how to use the toilet in space. Oh. How? No, I don't even want to know. But how well, do you- Because if you just, like, like, for men, if they just peed in the urinal, like they do here on Earth, it would float. the pee would go everywhere. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so Mary, I highly recommend Mary Roach. And Bill Bryson is the other author I really like, Bill Bryson. He wrote, um, well, he writes about everything, but the movie Walk in the Woods, Mm -hmm. um, his book, that's based off of one of his books about him going on the Appalachian Trail after 60. Wow, that's insane. Yeah. Oh, okay, all good. I'm definitely going to check out Mary Roach because that sounds, she sounds fascinating. Um, and I keep a running list of books to read on my phone that is just getting longer yeah. and longer. 
well, I want you to know it's your fault I'm reading Gone Girl right now. It's amazing. Isn't it a really good book? <laughs> I'm not very far into it, but yeah, I'm fascinated. I, and I'm a true crime addict. So it's, you know, hitting that aspect for me. Have you seen the movie already? No. Good. Oh, that's even better. I read the book first too, and it's insane, but you, you will love it and then see the movie. It's all right, but the book is always better. The book is always better. Always. Um, okay. So I think we're at the last question, which is what is your dream for your life's work? Which you're already doing pretty much. Right. So basically my dream is that I will leave the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Um, that through my teaching and through the work that I do with students, that I will um, improve the world in some small way. Um, honestly, if when I die, there are hundreds of people at my funeral, because that's the impact that I made, I will be a very happy person. That's awesome. Well, I think teachers, whether it's a good or bad one, they make an impact on all the students that they have. And for me, you definitely made a very good impact. And I'm glad that I've been able to like find you on social media and see you like living your life as a regular person, which is (laughs) weird to see your teachers do. (laughs) um, It was so good talking to you and it was good seeing you. Yeah, you too. Well, thank you so, so much for being a guest on the podcast. I appreciate it so, so much. Um, and I hope, yeah, I hope you're, uh, staying warm or cool depending on the day because the weather has been crazy. Because it's Virginia in the spring. Right. And then the weather, they have no idea what to do. Um, but I hope you're staying safe and I hope that you're just surrounded by very good people. Um, thanks. You too. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. I'll talk to y'all next week. Um, bye. Thank you.